Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Waves of Communication channel. My name is Marcy Melzer. I am an intuitive, a speech language pathologist, and a language facilitation coach and consultant. And every week I come live producing multiple videos for you every week to equip and empower you as parents and caregivers of children who are late talking. And today I have my Mindset Matters video, which includes multiple ways that I access information to help you show up to be your best language facilitator in the language facilitation journey. That's my role as a coach. And what I want to talk about today is your role as a language facilitator. The roles and responsibilities, there are many of them. I often talk about the hat that you put on, depending on the circumstance and situation that you show up in the late talker's life. And when you understand what these different roles are, I believe you can show up better equipped for whatever comes your way, because that's life, right? We don't know what's coming our way. And I have four roles and responsibilities to help you juggle. I know there are many more, but these are sort of general categories that are going to help you. So when you feel like that hat is on, you understand what your roles are. Now, the other reason that I wanted to talk about this today is because what happens often on the language facilitation journey is that parents get into one of these roles, one of these four, and they tend to get stuck in them. And they go a little bit too far in their responsibility and they own that hat as their primary, this is all I'm gonna do. And the reality is you need to be able to balance all four of these areas. And what I'm gonna be talking about today is what these roles and responsibilities are and how you can balance them by just taking the responsibility that you need to go with that role and leaving behind any extra stuff that you might be doing that is literally wasting your time and energy and also keeping you unbalanced because you've got to be able to show up to be all four of these. Let's just go ahead and talk about these roles and responsibilities really quick. So the first role that many language facilitators pick up, now we're talking about obviously you had a child or you're in the caregiver role or whatever, but even in that, as the mom, dad, nanny, whoever you are, grandma, the first role that many language facilitators adopt is this one, and it is the doctor or diagnostician. Now, you might not be a doctor or diagnostician. Still, you have this role. You accept this role to understand why are you having the problems that you're having? Why is your child showing the struggles that you perceive they're struggling? What is going on? And you might come at it from a medical or a mindset or an environment or a psychological or whatever kind of doctor you want to put your hat on to be. Here's the way to be an effective doctor or diagnostician when your mind is set 
These are mindset issues. My mind is set. I'm wearing the hat of being the one to figure it out. And the first one is to review all of the symptoms objectively. Objectively meaning that you see what you see in front of you, not based on what any bias. What you see is what you see. And then you reference the current knowledge base. You don't need to go Googling if you are already the doctor or diagnostician. Don't spend your time Googling. This is where a lot of parents get off. Reference your current knowledge base that you already know. What do you know about this child? What do you know about this environment? What do you know about their current mindset? Those three things. That's what you are diagnosing or analyzing or figuring out. Once you reference what you currently know, you as the expert know, you then hypothesize the root cause of the symptoms based on your own expertise. Because if you're going to really be the role of a doctor, otherwise you're Googling and you're in the role of a researcher and you're letting Google be the doctor. This is when you take on this role as the language facilitator. And then you can. Every smart doctor will consult with other professionals after, of course, they hypothesize their own expertise. You know what you believe after you do your own analysis. And then you consult after you know what you believe. And then you use their information to contribute to your own ultimate diagnosis and recommendation for intervention. And then here's the big deal. Number five, you transfer the ongoing analysis responsibility to the daily interventionist for further data collection because a doctor or diagnostician is just the what's going on here. What do we do about it? What's going on and what do we do? What's going on based on what what I know about this situation, now we make a plan. And that's all that role does. If and it and it's a short-term role because once you have a plan, you move into other roles where you start to take the intervention and do all the other things, okay? Once you finish this doctor role, this diagnostician role that you all play, then you move into the next role. Now, these other roles, the next two roles, come and go every day. You have all three of the following roles. You might have this diagnostician role every day, but you shouldn't because in my workbook, we only talk about doing this level of analysis at least every week, at most every week, at least every three weeks. Right. Because once you know and you have a hypothesis, you have to move forward with a plan. And then these other hats, the next three hats, the roles that you're going to play will vary based on the environment. And again, you when you wear that hat, you are creating the environment. So the first one is this provider or caregiver role. Now, remember, in language facilitation, that doctor diagnostician role is one that you do when you analyze your child. You might connect with them, but you're making the decision. In this case, it is a connected 
job. The next three hats are connected jobs where your first job is to respond to the child's communicated needs for food, warmth, and comfort. You've had this role since the very first day you were caring for this child. The very first day you mommied them or nannied them or grandmaed them or whatever. You have been paying attention to this child's nonverbal communication and responding to their needs for food, warmth, and comfort. Okay, what makes them happy? And then you identify when the child shows interest in participating in their self-care activities. You cannot stick with this number one and just keep responding and keep responding and keep responding and keep responding because they're not saying words yet. You're taking it upon yourself to just observe and respond and observe and respond. Of course, you have to do that, but you also must identify when the child shows interest in participating in their own self-care activities. Everything from I want to get what I want to I want to be where I want to I want to feel what I want to feel to I want to experience what do I want to experience. As soon as they start to show interest in initiating, hey, I'm going to get that by myself. I want to get it by myself. This is a very important role as the parent and caregiver that you identify. When the child is ready, because you see when they're ready, they show you when they're ready. They grab for the diaper. They grab for the spoon out of your hand. They go in the cabinet and try to find their own entertainment and toys and stuff. They show you anyway. You have to respond when they communicate their need. Okay, and then you'll put another hat on when you do that. But you need to always identify and then you always encourage participation because this is still the caregiver role. The point of getting this child's food, warmth, and comfort comes through participation. You want them to participate in it. So you teach easy strategies that can be used independently by the child. I've just done videos about that all week last week. But again, when you encourage their participation as their caregiver, instead of doing four, doing four, doing four, anticipating their needs, doing four. He's hungry at two. I'm going to have the food ready at 145, ready for him to like hear. I hear his tummy growling and I start feeding him. Right. That's not what this is. That doesn't encourage evolution and independence. This is the way. And then you allow the child to explore and attempt their own strategies because the reality is you want them to start doing these things without you. And in the process of your teaching and your exploring and your joining with these kids, then you help them take on their own role as caregiver. And their own role is this is why they're coming into the world. Your job as a language facilitator to facilitate this child's independence, motivation to be a big kid. Big kids talk. Big kids share experiences. Big kids have opinions. And they like and don't like things and they want to let you know about that. Okay? When it comes to their care, that's where it starts. Okay? So caregiver is the second role that I wanted to talk to you about. Now the third hat and or role that you should wear as a language that you do wear as a language facilitator is this one as a first responder. Okay? Now I've got an image here of a police officer and a firefighter because in your life you are constantly 
creating laws or finding out rules and regs and creating boundaries and making sure nobody's breaking rules and rugs and you're creating structure. That's what police officers do. They keep law and order, right? And then firefighters, they re respond to emergencies, right? So you want to keep law and order and organization and be able to respond to emergencies because both of these things are necessary for really effective forward movement. So you respond to emergency situations with a clear head. When you put on your first responder hat, that's what you got to show up as. And then these are when the chaos comes, right? Is when you put on your first responder hat and you rescue anyone who's feeling unsafe before solving the problem. Remember, the firefighter, if there's only one firefighter, he's going to get the people out before he starts extinguishing the flames. He's going to clear the path out for the people before he starts putting out the fire on the roof. You need to do the same with your lay talker rescue them they are in a panic they might you might see them as the offender because they're having a tantrum or yelling at you but you realize that they are in a position where they need rescuing and when that happens you show up as the first responder and share your plan of intervention just to stop the chaos remember you're not solving the problem we've got to help this kid feel safe so you stop drop and roll stop your whatever your your control of the situation like i can't control this fire right now i just got to rescue everybody from burning up in the flames so you jump in and get down to your child's level and talk about where they are and give them hugs and make them calm them down so they can move forward and then you share your plan of intervention to stop the chaos okay i know you're upset about not getting this, getting this, this happening, this not happening, whatever it is. And all you can do is talk about that situation, but you can't even talk about it until they're calmed, until they're rescued. So you got to rescue and then share. And then what you do is you say, watch me, say here now safe, and I'm going to solve this problem. And then you let them watch you put out the fire, interact with the person, talk to the lady, teach them the thing, whatever they've got to do until calm is achieved. Do you see that I'm here to rescue you? Do you see that your position is improving? Yes, I know you were stuck in a burning down fire, but now you see the way out. I'm here to help you. And when you focus on your action, the lay talker watches you. They see that you aren't throwing around fire and gasoline all over the place. You are focused on where is the root of this fire and what can I do right now and what's the most efficient action. Focus on your own self and what you're doing. And then after it's all done, you got to do your research. You research the trigger that caused the emergency. And you incorporate training and prevention habits to be ready for future emergencies because there will always be future emergencies for you to be the first responder. Somebody's going to break a rule, break a law, you know what I mean? And then you're going to have to deal with do I, how do I consequence this or somebody got hurt in the process because remember laws and rules are there to prevent people from injury or hurt or loss, right? Financial loss, emotional loss, all of those things are controlled under laws and organization and, like I said, law and order, okay? 
And in your role as the first responder, it's not just responding to the chaos, but creating the environment where chaos happens less frequently. I can't say it never happens. Everybody's life's got chaos. You never know what's going to come in the mail, the next bill, the next law, the next whatever. Our world is breaking down all over the place. Things we used to depend on, aren't. we are not able to depend on them. Even our bank accounts. We thought we'd have enough money to get by until gas prices went through the roof and so did groceries. Now you're juggling, right? You're responding to these changes in the environment, the chaos that ensues. That's how you become a first responder. You try to create as stable an environment with enough rules and regs and prevention methods in place to keep your plan moving forward. And I know all this sounds very metaphorical, you guys, but I know you know how to take these metaphors of law and order and fires and put them into your life and see where uh, is structure and law and order not being held. Where is there no sheriff on the or too much of a sheriff? Or where is there too much prevention where no exploring happens and then when the fire happens, nobody's prepared? Because you're, you've been so busy padding that your, your child's not ready for the potential outside chaos. Remember, no one can prep your child to be 100% safe 100% of the time. You teach them about potential dangers, stranger danger, and all those things that we have in our life. That's what a good first responder does, right? Who shows up to teach those classes at the school? People who want to prepare your child to be ready for any emergency independently. Not you having to be hovering over them and standing right outside or next to them all the time or worrying about letting them go out in the world because they don't know how to protect themselves or stay safe. Okay, so these are the roles that you can take on as a language facilitator. And if you want, you can focus on these safety rules. If your child's going to school now, you're in new environments, those kinds of things. Use those as one of your itinerary activities in your language facilitation. Remember, you can teach about anything and facilitate spoken language. These are the things that are important to you in these roles because they're all parenting and roles that are helping you evolve your little baby into a grown-up. That's what parenting is. And it takes a lot of hats, a lot of roles to go. So let's move into the last one that I have. So we've already talked about being the doctor or diagnostician. We've talked about being the... Um, caregiver, like the meeting of basic needs and self-care. And we've talked about being the first responder. The next role, the last role that I have before I get into the videos that will help you with even more strategies to do these videos, so definitely stay tuned, is this one. And this is the enrichment provider. So this is the language facilitator slash therapist slash teacher slash coach slash the one who facilitates enrichment of your life because it's beyond basic needs we all have needs for enrichment what keeps our life interesting why are we here in the first place getting our needs met this is the role of a language facilitator and it's not the primary role like you can't only be a teacher nanny you know I've got the next best toy to teach you and whatever remember you've got those other roles to fill too and this one is important and this is how you balance your time so 
you offer a variety of novel opportunities to explore. Look at the graphics I've got here, the lemons. The top one here is a, literally she is a tour guide. That's the image I want you to think about as an enrichment provider, that you are opening the world of the late talker because you know what's out in the world. You know what wonderful opportunities are out there, new foods to eat, new places to explore, all those things. You can open this child's world. The first thing, again, offering a variety of novel opportunities, and then you observe the child. Look at the, the faces of these cartoon kids to identify their level of interest and expertise of the current activity. If they don't know what to do, they'll just look at you like, keep talking, keep talking. They'll smile, they'll sit by you, they'll look at you, they'll look at what you're looking at. The better they are at it, the more they will attend. Unless you dumb them down. You always have to give more. So this is your next job. You have to explore cooperatively and look for opportunities to teach and entertain. If you don't see them in your natural environment while you're taking a walk and you see a squirrel and you want to teach about a squirrel or you talk about the weather or something like that, then you create them with, um, you know, those safety rules that you wanted to review or the video you wanted to watch together or the academics that you wanted to teach, right? This is what you, because these opportunities to teach and or entertain, it's your responsibility as the enrichment provider to provide these things, but they are cooperatively. You look together. Hey, let's learn about this. You want to learn about this? And if you get a yes or no, go for it or not. And then you discuss the activity afterwards and identify what you learn from the experience because that's what an enrichment provider does. They learn from their learning to expand their learning because knowledge builds on knowledge. And then you plan to create similar experiences in the future. And that's all the enrichment provider does. And those four roles are really the only ones you need to keep track of as a language facilitator. Now, I didn't talk about one more role that you have to do that is not necessarily related to the language facilitation journey, and that is the resource manager, right? So someone in your home needs to make sure that you have the food you need to feed yourselves, that you have the shelter, that you have the ability to stay warm and or cool, that you have the opportunities to go out in the world, where you make your money, how you manage your money, all of that. That is another role of someone in your home. And you as the language facilitator may or may not also have that role. That role is only combination with your late talker when you are deciding resources as far as your intervention. So if you have a lot of resources, you can invest in coaching to help you, you know, someone to hold your hand through the whole process, talk to somebody through it like myself. Now, if you don't have financial resources and you're doing this on your own, it's your time that you're managing between these things, between these other resources. And even if you have a coach, you're still managing your time. All this resource manager role is one that I just sort of came to, but it's one that everyone has to do. And oftentimes, again, you can get focused on the resources you have or lack thereof, or how are you using them? Or is it this therapist or this therapist or that kind of business? instead of enriching a provide being the enrichment provider yourself 
Like, should I spend money to do this because I don't feel like I'm capable? And remember, as parents, parents are the best. Speech facilitators, parents and caregivers are the best. That's what we talk about here because you have access to these four hats every single day, 24-7. You have access to these four hats. You don't need to pay for a, a, a caregiver to come into your home. You care for your child. You don't need to care for a doc, pay for a doctor or diagnostician. You're doing that yourself. You don't need to pay for these other jobs because you can take these roles and do them. Just keep it easy for yourself. Just keep it manageable for yourself. Okay. All right. So I see that there's a comment coming in and somebody says, we are beginning on our journey in language facilitation. The mindset support is incredible. I'm looking at triggers in advance after doing the analysis plan exercise. Excellent. And this is what's really, really important that we look for these triggers because you want to show up to be your best emergency responder and you want to teach the skills in your enrichment that, you know, help you ride through these kinds of triggers. If you are really digging in, you are embracing Leo season, you're bringing your language facilitator out there, you're swapping hats, you're in, in getting opportunities going like, you know, like this comment. I just love hearing that it is you guys taking action that makes the difference and these mindset videos are keeping you in the journey look at this the mindset and support is incredible because what happens is it's waves of progress up and downs up and downs up and downs if you want to share your experience we can do interviews there's lots and lots of ways for you to get into this community share your experience help other parents learn from each other and I want to get more professionals joining. It's just beginning the waves of communication revolution. I'm five years in this month into my mission to develop a platform for parents who have struggled through the system, who have been let down like me as a professional. I was let down by the system. I couldn't find a place to work where I was helping families achieve their best outcomes. So I created it myself. And now it's working for parents all over the world. I'm not limited by any system because I created my own. And here it is for you. The waves of communication, language facilitation, coaching programs, and educational resources are co-created by me and the universe for you. And I can't wait to see what comes because it's just going to get bigger. So stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you have been inspired to have some fun and take some inspired action on your unique language facilitation journey. With a whole range of waves of communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. This tool is helping parents worldwide create non-stop language facilitation opportunities that elevate spoken language beyond even their own expectations. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.